Hey, this is Van, also known as Furious Ball. You're listening to Verse Chorus Verse, hosted by DL, Rachel, Evil, and Sven. Interesting factoid, all four hosts have larger penises than Joe Rogan. First chorus verse. I couldn't find a bike to join us in this conversation, but I think it's still gonna go pretty well. That's next. Immaculate, immaculate, the stars block the sun. It wasn't gravity that was keeping her down. It wasn't gravity that was keeping her down. Welcome to First Chorus Verse, episode 138. I am DL. Hope everybody's doing well. With me tonight is Evil Artsy Farty Jimmy. Evil, how you doing? I, I'm good. This is a, a verse chorus first. <laughs> I'll let you do the introductions, but yeah, it's going to be a fun episode. There's somebody in the room with you. They're coming from inside the house. We have a special guest here tonight. Tyler, the I really wanted to try calling you Tyler the neighbor, but it doesn't sound enough like Tyler the creator to make it funny. Oh. So you're just Tyler. Tyler, how's it going, man? Oh, doing well. How are you? Good. Tyler is in close proximity with Evil. They've been talking music for how long now, guys? Hey, when did two years? It's been two years. Two, is that when you moved a little in? Over two years, yeah. Tyler moved into the cul-de-sac that I live in. Super cool guy. Has pretty good musical taste. And pretty some, good. Do you guys some opinions fight a lot because Tyler is a big fan of female vocalists and evil hates women? <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny because it's, I was going to say it's true, but that isn't true. <laughs> Your girl might get a little yes. mad at that. <laughs> Tyler, it's awesome to have you. We started talking a little bit about music a little over a year ago for everybody listening. You know, these episodes, we do a about three of them a year, listener-supported episodes where we have somebody that we think is cool that's been in touch about the pod to talk a favorite album of theirs. Tyler, how would you describe your musical interests? So I like a lot of different things. I have very diverse but specific tastes, I guess you could say. Epic music, you know, things with big builds that build the crescendos and like take you on a journey. And I also like, you know, old country and stuff like that. Predominantly like progressive rock and progressive metal and things like that. So we've got two evils tonight, basically. <laughs> yeah. is what that's how. But you're a huge, so you like, when I was asking you your favorites, you were female artists, soloists. Yeah. Was, you were ringing them off. Yeah. I, I generally, I guess I prefer like if there's a male vocalist, it's usually probably pretty screaming or a female. I don't know. It sounds, I like the way it sounds like, like I'm a huge Paramore fan, churches, mm. bands like that, like the interrupters and huge Talk Whitney Houston fan. Oh, bless you. Fucking Whitney. Yeah. That's a good list. And it actually kind of makes sense for the album that we're going to talk about tonight. Right. We'll get into that. Tyler, it's really good to finally have you on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much. Looking forward to this. We're going to talk some pretty, oh my God, some pretty <laughs> intense music. Yeah. I guess Tyler, that's my second question to you. Why did you do this to us? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not one of these guys that says like, I'm the biggest fan. I'm like this person's biggest fan or I'm the biggest fan, but 
I would be willing to wager a considerable sum that I've listened to this album more than anyone on the planet. I bought it at midnight the day it came out, and I've probably listened to it at least once a week ever since. There's just parts of it that captivate me in a way that I can't really explain. Maybe I'll do my best to explain it. Do you have any sort of projects? Do you do anything that you want us to plug on this at all? Or I do some art. If you wanted to check that out, that's on powdered and compressed on Instagram. My wife was nice enough to set that up for me since I'm a complete Luddite and don't understand social media. <laughs> Leave society, be a monkey. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> He's very talented. Powdered artist. and compressed. Yeah. yeah, generally it's like charcoal okay. portraits and super talented artist, talented musician. It's like looking into a mirror when I walk out of my house sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the <laughs> first bands we connected on was Baroness. Oh yeah. So yeah. I well, think if he's Destro, I'm major blood, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> Okay, we like oh, this is G.I. Joe good. fans. These are my favorite episodes because I can already tell that I'm just going to be able to fucking wind you two up and let you go. Uh, really looking forward to this. Look, the album that we are talking about, the album that Tyler decided to bring to the table is the, I don't even know what you, what you want to say about it. The infamous is what I'll call it. Coheed and Cambria's Good Apollo, I'm Morning... Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. That's what we're here to talk about tonight. I'm excited. There is, Jesus fucking Christ, there's a lot to go over. (laughs) So before we get into that, let's talk about the most important part of the night. What are we drinking tonight? I want to start with evil because we might be drinking either the same thing or something extremely fucking close. You think? Yes. If you guys both pulled this off, I'm going to be blown away. (laughs) This morning, I made a cocktail specifically for this episode because Tyler is a huge Pink Floyd fan and I know he likes the album Division Bell. And this morning, are you drinking the Division Bell? Oh my God. No way. This is unbelievable. Holy shit. This is shit. unbelievable. <laughs> That's crazy. Holy shit. That is crazy. Cody, what can I say? What kind of mezcal are you are you Illegal. drinking? I'm doing the uh what is it? The Vita, the the Maguey. Yeah, Del do, Maguey, the Vita. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And and you selected yeah. this not knowing I'm a huge fan of the album The Division Bell. No clue. That is no. so wild. I, <laughs> no, Evil drank a naked and famous in our last yeah. episode, and it sounded good. So I was I was looking it up, but I didn't want to just copy him. So this this is very much yeah. a variation of very, a naked very, and famous. Very similar. That's fucking insane. So I saw it. Steve the bartender. He's a Aussie bartender on YouTube. Love Steve the put bartender. Put out a video this morning with this cocktail in it. And he'd never had it before. And he made it and then took a drink. He's like, oh God, this is really good. And so, it's so I good. was like, well, that's what I'm making to, tonight. I'm not going to make Tyler drink if he doesn't want to because he's not a fan of tequila and mezcal. But he did bring a bottle of Basil Hayden. So I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Exactly. In honor of David Gilmore, I will take a drink of it. David Gilmore fan. You know what we haven't really talked about on the pod yet is Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. Yeah. We really haven't. Oh, man. I, you want to just, just talk I, about Pink Floyd instead? I mean, I think it would be safe to say that out of there are probably like three bands that I'm terrified to even start to tackle. And Pink Floyd would definitely be one of them. There and that. Yeah, for sure. I could spend an hour talking about the second guitar solo in Comfortably Numb. 
yeah. literally I could do it. Which version? Oh, that will lead me to another point later. Could talk about the first time that I ever did shrooms was uh, the first time that I ever heard a very specific Pink Floyd song. And that's the greatest experience that I will ever have in my life. I've been chasing the dragon ever since. <laughs> We're not here for Pink Floyd. We're here for Coheed and Cambria. Tyler, it's really great to have you. I want to get into this. I think we got a long way to go. Before we go there, though, we need to talk about the music that we're hearing in this episode. It is by the project Furious Ball. It is a one-man project by Van. We have featured him on the podcast before. We will probably feature him again. He has some very, very good music that I am proud to enable here on the pod. He has, by the time that this episode comes out, he will have another album out called The Last Music on Earth, which is a spectacular album. The song that you heard coming into this episode is Like Drops of Mercury off of the album. It is a little bit of a uh, butthole surfers vibe. A little bit of a, maybe a Brian Jonestown Massacre vibe, which you will hear throughout. Uh, That was the biggest comp that I could come up with for him. He's got some really good stuff, some really great guitar work, some really good tonage. It's all about the music. It's, It's that 90s sort of dinosaur junior built to spill sort of stuff. Who doesn't fucking love that? Go to Bandcamp. Go to furiousball.bandcamp.com. You will find this project there. It really is. Look, I'm the one that picks the music that comes on to this. I'm the one that picks the songs from these projects. I am very proud of what I pick. I think it's great music. You should too. The song that you are about to listen to, that you are listening to now, that's going in on this break, is called She Descended Down the Staircase. Check it out. There's going to be one more song towards the end of this project. I hope you love it. You definitely should. Go download it. Uh, Furious Ball. Van, we hope you get you a couple downloads. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Everybody, we're back. We're back to talk. Tyler, what what's shorthand on this album? It's just good Apollo. Can I call it Coheed Four? Technically, it's their third album though, which is the Furious. Yeah, album. what the? Why did? And the one before <laughs> it is is number three, and it's their second album. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. And the first album is called the Second Stage Turbine Blade, so I guess it's two, <laughs> three, four. Oh no, this is going to be a long night. <laughs> it, I'm sorry. No, you you. Well, Coheed and Cabria's Good Apollo. I'm Morning Star. Four, Volume One, released. September of 2005, recorded in Woodstock in the Applehead Records. It is a whopping 71 minutes. It is their first major label recording with Columbia, which is why we aren't playing it right now, because Columbia are pieces of shit. There is, uh, (laughs) this is not a face value album. Evil, can you explain why this is not a face value album? Well, oh my God. So (laughs) talk about rabbit holes inside of rabbit holes here um for those who don't know about coheed and how the story behind the music claudio the singer and guitar player he's developed like this 32 issue graphic novel series story 
that all of their music is based upon. I love art. I love music. I love how they tie together. This shit is so up your alley, Evil. These guys are like the right kind of nerds, man. I love it. But there's so fucking much of it. It's like, I found myself not even listening to the music at one point. I'm like, I got to get back to that album. We're going to talk about the album. These guys don't want to talk about the comic books. But holy shit, man. And there's like a story within the story. And it's it's fucking wild. It's actually crazier than that. So the <laughs> the first f- several albums, I don't know how many, I'm not an expert on the comic books, uh, are one story. And then they have the Afterman, which is a double album that they put out. And that's another story that's like a prequel. I think I'm going to get crucified if I'm wrong. And then now they've started a new story and there are two albums into the new story that's supposed to be five episodes or whatever. So do you follow the graphic novels, Tyler? I do not. No, I don't. You had said that you got this album at midnight day of. Yeah. Were you just a fan of the band or did you, are you, did you like the whole encompassed art? You want me to tell you the story about how I found out about the band? Fucking A. That's why All we're right. here, man. So I had a roommate in college. We were kind of into the similar music, you know, came out of the metal, metal thing when it moved to the new metal and we didn't like that very much. And he said, Hey, I heard this song. He said, you're a big fan of evil dead. Right. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I love it. He goes, there's this song and they use a sample from evil dead. He dials it up, plays it. And it's an acoustic version. It's off their first album. And it was, a, it was an acoustic demo of a song called June song provision. It starts off with an acoustic guitar. And then you have Ash saying, Hey, you primitive screw heads. This is my boomstick. <laughs> Then the singer comes on, and at the time, obviously, I like female vocalists, but I was a big fan of the band Weedus. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And if you're sleeping on that Weedus album... Yeah, they were much more than just the Teenage Dirtbag song. That was a good band. They were really good. And so he kind of had like... He kind of had this high pitch thing, and he was doing all this falsetto, and I never heard anything. And so I I ran to the record store. I said, I got to find this album by this band, Coheed and Cambria. And uh, he's like, the album doesn't is not out for you know another, another couple of weeks or whatever. So that second stage turbine blade. So I got that, and it was like they've just been the band. This is the album that really kind of made them surpass. Because I was also a big Radiohead fan. That was probably like my favorite band at that time was Radiohead. God bless you, sir. OK Computer, you know, is one of the best records of all time. I was big at the drive-in, Mars Volta, Sparta, those bands. All those bands were kind of neck and neck, and then everything's coming the together. That, everything's making sense. Yeah, this sense is the one here. That, that ran it up. Um, this one went to 11. Yeah. Look, I'm going to go on a, on a limb. My first reaction, to this album, and I'm going to progressively, my feelings on the album changed a lot, but I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this guy might've been cheated on right before he wrote this album. I'm just, <laughs> just maybe. I think the character in the story was cheated on. Uh, look, let's read between the lines though. Tyler, <laughs> this, <laughs> this, dude, this dude's. This dude's really obsessed with one very specific thing, and that is a woman that is cheating. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> He's really upset. I actually don't, I don't know anything about it. So I brought up the tie-in with the story and the graphic novel and the narrative. Yeah. Purely because of the title. Good Apollo, comma, I'm Burning Star 4, comma, volume one. <laughs> And then subtitle from Fears Through the Eyes of Mattis. Apollo's a dog. And this is referring to like something that happened in the story in the previous album where one of the main characters is like, I'm, go- I'm going to burn Star 4, which is literally a star. It has nothing to do with like the order of the albums. I think that. Oh. I shouldn't say nothing, but that, that was like maybe. Yeah, he does call himself Morning Star 4. Like four times in the album. Like I, burning Star. Oh, sorry, star. Burning Star. Why do I have Morning Star written down? Incubus. This album, in the narrative, 
is a album about someone who is writing the story of the graphic novels there's like layers to it it's like fucking never-ending story that's what kept fucking me up yes i didn't know how i'm supposed to be interpreting this is this (laughs) is this this guy trying to tell a story am i supposed to be in this other realm i don't know man (laughs) how do you interpret it tyler i told you i've been listening to this album forever the first time I ever sat down and read one lyric from this album was this week when I was kind of trying to study for it academically. I don't know. I don't have any of the words in my head right. Oh, I love it. Well, this is so, really going to fuck with my idea for this episode because I was absolutely going to go song by song and ask you to explain to me what the fuck these things mean. <laughs> but we can't do that I mean, now. I can try. I can try. I can try. <laughs> The lyrics are the lyrics and, and there's, there's a story behind it and all that stuff. But one thing I'll say about the lyrics being what they are and the way they are is that this album holds up from angsty 20 year old Tyler or whatever, because I've revisited some of these bands, you know, that were around at the same time mm-hmm. and the uh, girl drama in high school, the that stuff just it's you're like you just cringe when you listen to it. You're like, I can't believe I like this. But this is just like nerdy space rock, so it's cool. It's like it's like Gojira singing about monsters in the ocean, you know? It's like it's never going to not be cool. I, so I agree. This type of lyric would typically drive me nuts because he is, and I shouldn't say that. I love that he is taking these otherworldly characters and making this whole world for himself. I think that's fucking awesome. I do think that there is so much of that mid-2000s emo, you cheated on me, damn whore in sheep's clothing. I would typically be so annoyed, but I am completely not with this. There is something about this guy and, and his choices. All that stuff that I would typically be annoyed by, I am completely not annoyed by. That's, I mean, it's just interesting because I never thought about... Now, come on, bitch. Why aren't you laughing now? He's very... Uh, <laughs> he's pretty on the nose, but it's fucking catchy. This is one of those pieces of art that I feel like every time you listen or you pay attention to it, something else is going to be there, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. I agree. And and I don't want to keep derailing to talk about the actual album and the music by going into the narrative, but there is kind of an interesting concept going on. And it's, I think the previous two albums were mostly about the graphic novel narrative. Mm. And now this album is about a fictitious author who wrote that narrative. It centers around this fictitious author had an ex-girlfriend who had cheated on him. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, talks he to starts a 10-speed bike. <laughs> yeah, he talks to a 10-speed bike, which turns into a demon. Yeah. Not weird at all. No. Nope. Um, but is that why that's called that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's his 10-speed <laughs> bike that talks him into going into his own story to... Yeah complete his own story so there's the, the, the hero in the, inside the graphic novel is named claudio which is the avatar the writing the writer actual, the writing writer is in between it's this other character oh i did i thought that so, was claudio no claudio is a character in the graphic novel the writing writer is writing the graphic novel there's like three layers of this <laughs> so it, <laughs> the fictitious author is a writer r-y-d-e-r which sounds like writer. He creates a character named Ambelina in the graphic novel story who is like a perfect avatar of his ex-girlfriend. And he has and to kill her. He has to kill her to... St- fuck, Complete know, to, end his, to end the writer's story. Yes. Like, how does my so story end? Quit. This is what you have to do. Yes. You have to go so, in your story. So, and- yeah, so he becomes God and actually goes into this 
it's fucking wild. I was missing all this for so long. Can I can I tell you <laughs> this is the worst album to have stuck in here? Here's the thing. This <laughs> this album is catchy as shit. There are hooks on yes. hooks on hooks on hooks on this album. So much that gets stuck in your head. And then I'm in fucking work. I'm doing something randomly and I'm like, so come on, bitch, why aren't you laughing? <laughs> like, there are so many fucking lines on the hooks that are very inappropriate to sing in public to yourself. But it's so, this is so hooky and catchy. For as, for as are, progressive and I, complex as it is, yeah, yes, it's hooky yes. as hell. That's the big thing. Like when I try to give a synopsis of why I love this band so much, they're like a three component band. And if you go to their concerts, you'll see it. The heavy metal guys the shred guitars, all that kind of stuff. The emo kids or the former emo kids kind of pop punk or whatever. Cause you have like kind of, you know, backbeat pop punk stuff. Uh -huh. And then you have the prog nerds, which I guess I'm probably a in the prog nerd category, but I don't really find them to be that progressive, I guess. I mean, compared comparatively speaking, you know, you sort of have to look at their songs from like a pop scale versus like a rock scale. Yeah. There's just so much variation. They got those piano parts and it gets wackier and wackier as you go <laughs> on. But you are so on the nose with specific things that I wanted to ask you about, because one of the huge things was I bet that the crowd at these shows are so fucking eclectic. Yes. I could see mm -hmm. every genre of fan coming to these guys shows. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they opened for Iron Maiden several years ago, which I could totally they, see. And they got a whole new fan base. Mm -hmm. If yeah. I could see these guys opening for them, I could see them. There are so many bands that I would see these guys working with. And you're absolutely right too. what you said about these guys are progressive. There is a simplicity there. That's not there with a lot of bands that try to do this. Yeah. It's like accessible prog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You were to try to get, hit somebody with like a periphery or scale the summit or something like that, where it's like mostly instrumental. That's too much for people that come from listening to like traditional 4-4 rock stuff. Absolutely agree. Once again, and it sounds like for Evil 2, this is such guitar heavy. Totally. But also rhythm section driven music. Mm. It's, oh, thank God you said that. I don't see how it couldn't be right up a shit ton of people's alley. I guess I'll put it that way. I found these guys right before this album. I think they were kind of doing promo circuit for this album. They were featured in one of the guitar rags. I, it might have been Guitar World, but it was like the up and coming gunslingers. And I specific, there was three bands and I, I don't remember the third, but I know one was it featured John Denias from Shadows Fall. Then these two. And I went out and bought the album like sight unseen. I hadn't even heard any of their mm. music just because of that article. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this is good. This is really good. It's actually funny though, because the first two albums are more, I would consider it like mathy. They didn't really do play solos. This was the first album where there was like dedicated guitar solos that were memorable enough for i mean you know i will talk about the you know the one that everyone wants to would want to talk about but i think their their first two albums are a little more um i can almost hear a little bit of i don't want to say punk but yeah pop punky emo yeah kinda. yeah a little dirtier a little more you can hear a little more of that my chemical romancy style of of stuff in there which I'm not. I'm it's not just, saying that is a bad thing. In keeping secrets of Silenter Three, the album pre previous uh -huh. to this, is, there is a lot of progressive stuff on it. I don't. I haven't listened. They, have, they actually have a song at the end called Twenty One Thirteen. That's like their rush. <laughs> Speaking of influences and influencees, that's definitely one that I had written yeah. down. There, you hear Rush mm -hmm. all over this fucking album. 
That's never a bad thing. Did you see who drummed on the next album? This is a topic that you I'm probably going to get me banned from your show. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> so Josh Eppert is the drummer. Uh-huh. Uh, Coheed and Cambria, he's the, he's the original drummer. And uh, he's there's something about him. And I don't think anybody talks about him. I certainly couldn't talk about him enough. So, if, you know, if he ever hears this, I just I think he's just the best drummer for this band. And when he came back, it made me so happy. So the next album, I guess Chris uh, was Chris Penny from uh, Dillinger Escape Plan was going to join the band, but he had a con- contractual obligation, you know, difference or whatever. You want to say who it was? <laughs> well, it's, ta- it, it, it's yeah, it's the Taylor Hawkins. So Taylor Hawkins played on the next record. And the only two Coheed and Cambria records where I really don't like the music are that one and the next one without Josh. <laughs> which was with Chris Penny. I love that on this album, it's almost approached as a musical in the sense that they establish the themes extremely early on, and then they express those themes in different versions all throughout the album. You know, you come in with the first song that doesn't it pull from themes from their album before this? Right. Yeah. Yes. It does the whole, and then, sorry, what's the second song's name? The acoustic... uh, Always and Never. Always and Never. Thank you. There's something so cool about how serene it is until the very end when you're, you're kind of half paying attention and then he's talking about <laughs> killing all of you and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like ends the super peaceful acoustic Just thing with and kill all of you. And it's like, whoa, what? Mm-hmm. They are crafty in how they, they structured this album. I think it's put together very well. I mean, fuck, they have the whole narrative behind it. Clearly, they put a lot of thought into the organizing and arrangement of not just the story of each song, but the the structure of the album. They're super savvy. What do you guys think about a record that starts with two intro songs like that? <laughs> you know, I, when you, cause I'm used to it. I just want to know when you say it like that, it sounds fucking ridiculous, but I, it absolutely works on this album. I think it absolutely when, works. When I got their newest album, when it came out, when it was released in midnight, they do that again. They reprised back to another song on the previous album. That's my favorite fucking Coheed and Cambria song. Probably <laughs> I almost fell out of my seat listening to it. So it grabs me a different way. So it's smart. Yeah, that's smart. It's yeah. There are other themes that are, are really fucking cool. The writing writer song, the Apollo one. I just hear so many different themes in this album for writing writer. I wrote down that there's this Blade Runner never ending story sort of thing going on <laughs> like this fucking kind of 80s fantasy story thing going on which w- yeah. works really well well in the lyric the whoa oh, oh yeah there's there's an interesting thing going on with this album because i i listened to it quite a bit for when it was out like in the mid 2000s and then i kind of had put it away i didn't like not like purposefully it's like i don't like this album anymore it wasn't like that it just sort of kind of fell off I listened to it when we did the 2005 episode mm. and it was one of the albums that kept coming back. I'm like, Oh fuck this, that album's so good. I can't tell whether it sounds familiar, like really familiar in spots to me because I've listened to it before and it's been a while. So it's like deja vu or if they're just really fucking clever in writing music that it just is earwormy. so earwormy. I can't, even begin to count how many deja vu moments I have listening to this album. Was it on our two? Oh, we weren't doing the top 10 yet. I remember we talked about we were, it. We this did, came up. but we were, I remember texting Jimmy about it being like, Hey, 
<laughs> what are you doing? He did. He did. He's like, hey, why is, Dick, why is that? Dickheads. <laughs> it's like, that better be number one. <laughs> but I, I, I know you and I talked about it during the 2005. Yeah. And we're like, we got to, we need to talk about Coheed at some point. Here's the thing about Coheed and Cambria for me. The first time I heard of, of Coheed and Cambria at all was because of a uh, uh, rock band. And, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Of course, I was like, this is one of the, we'll talk about that song later, but it's like, this song's fucking amazing. And I went and listened to this album, and then their previous albums, I kind of threw this album away. I was way more into their first album. Really? Yeah, it's great. It really is. It's so different. And so I kind of, I didn't really give this album a second or third look. And hmm. and so I didn't really get into this. It was album too commercial until, for you. Maybe I'm talking about how hooky and catchy this album is. It took me like a couple weeks to figure that out. I don't know why. They're there. They're it's like there's a t- yeah. It's so yeah. there. Like when we talked about 2005, my thought of if we were going to talk Coheed and Cambria, it'd be it'd be before this. But oh, okay. But I'm mm. I feel different now. Yeah. Going on structure. If you visualize this album as a cassette tape because i know we're all old enough to remember that the um <laughs> the the b-side starts with wake up so you get a second intro mm. and i, I, I want to say some stuff about wake up but um you know you get a Fucking second ballads. intro jk how do you feel about six eight <laughs> <laughs> they do structure things in a way that is is very interesting and they they do it on majority of their records so you know you'll get the ballad in the middle or you get something strange and then you always get the big progressive ending the progress and it's just like what <laughs> <laughs> the big three-parter yeah that four-parter the record separates like that too because it comes in two lps and the first that was probably a better and cooler analogy to use than what i said cassette <laughs> tape hey man <laughs> fucking i to this day i wish i had kept all my cassettes i don't care that i got rid of all my cds i wish i had all my cassette tapes. why is that just a nostalgia I, I, thing nostalgia i think I don't know, man. <laughs> I, it, just, it hits in a weird spot, but I'll tell you that song. It's like one of those songs where you don't hear it, but you hear it. You hear, you know, every single part of it. So it's like, you know, you'd be at the gym and I'd skip that song, but I go see them live and everybody in the crowd sings. It's like a sleeper song. I could text my buddy who's a big Coheed fan today. Uh, shout out Chris. And uh, <laughs> sorry. And, uh, no, you're good. I said, shout them out. Uh, I said, wake up is a sleeper song. Like, cause I had to pick my top three and I was kind of like bouncing mm. ideas off of him. This is a sleeper song. Cause I love it so much. Put me to sleep. Okay. JK. That's a JK. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty. <laughs> Let's talk about the willing. Well, parts one, two, three, and four, a good, what? 29 minutes, one whole LP for those four songs. It's technically a separate, there's a delineation in the storytelling, a next version or something like that i didn't i'm not i will learn about this more Uh, i'm speaking very unintelligently about it right now but i do know that that is like you know the willing well obviously is you know the four suite but i think of also also the four songs ahead of it too it's kind of the like from wake up through the final cut is like my favorite thing that coheed has ever done Mm. in you know a grouping of songs so i always just block them all together like that that's a good point tyler because i feel like breaking this up into two albums basically mm-hmm. it, that's a smart way to look at this because you go keeping the blade to once upon your dead body and then you go wake up to the willing well my uh, my mind is going to be <laughs> continuously 
blown by this shit. I said this to Jimmy earlier. I said, uh, you know, like I love this record and and like looking at it from an academic kind of standpoint, (laughs) I can't imagine doing this with an album I don't like. So, you know, you guys are legendary. <laughs> I just go out to my wife, be like, "Work sucks. Yeah, I hate it. Fucking hate this. I think Evil's done that once or twice. Uh, <laughs> it happens. People that will say what I'm about to say, which is so dorky, is one of the big things is you want to know how other Coheed fans rank their albums. Oh, mm-hmm. I so you love go, what's that. your favorite album? I brought my list it, for later if we want to go down it. Fuck but, yeah. Uh, well, we have to yeah. now. It's, uh, yeah. I'll go on YouTube and I'll be like, what does this person think they're, yeah. what do you th- how do they rank the Coheed records? Let's see what they think. They're wrong. I'm right. They're wrong. <laughs> Tyler, how did you feel about 72 seasons? <laughs> uh, have you listened to it? It's so bad. Uh-oh. It's so, it's, <laughs> look, they haven't made a good album since like, and justice for all. So I don't Damn, really know. What that is a hot about. take. Oh, yeah. shit. oh dude. <laughs> wait till you, wait till you hear my even worse hot take that you're going to kill me for. It doesn't have to do with Allison chains. Does it? No, actually, you know, what's really funny about that. When you did dirt, I hadn't listened to that album forever. And I listened to it and man, dude, that album just crushes from front to back. Oh my God. It's so good. It's not. Yeah. Okay. We're friends. Look, Jerry Cantrell is so underrated. Yeah. Uh, somehow. How the fuck is Jerry Cantrell underrated? Uh, How does that happen? I don't know. This is the most fun episode I've ever done. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be probably at least another hour's worth of content in awards and categories. And there are very specific things that I am trying not to spoil going into those on these songs. So let's take a break. Let's go to awards and categories. The song that you are about to hear for this break that you're hearing right now would be... I guess. But the song is called What If We Lost the Moon. It is by Furious Ball. This is an interesting song to me. This is what he chose as his single for this album. There's a little bit of a, I don't even know what to comp this for. Maybe a little bit of a, almost like a dishwalla toadies sort of thing here. Something very 90s. But I almost feel like that's an insult to this because there is some form of indie something here that deserves attention and i think that's a compliment that i don't even know how to comp it bottom line is you should go check this album out that he made it is uh very very awesome once again the last music on earth by furious ball go to Bandcamp. He has an Instagram, all that stuff, all the regular stuff to find these poor, tortured indie artists that make no money. You are listening to these songs. These are good songs, okay? I wouldn't put them on the fucking pod if they weren't good songs. You're hearing it, right? You guys all know how the music industry is nowadays. Nobody makes shit, okay? It's not about, hey, can we make a living on this? Nobody's making a living on this. You just throw them a couple shekels to say, hey, this is good shit. I like this. That's what it's all about nowadays. Okay? I'm not trying to be depressing. I'm just trying to say, you know, we are a community. We are one here. That sounds cheesy, but it's true. You can check out Van as well in the Dirt YouTube that we did. He was on that as well. Just listen to this music, it's awesome. We're gonna take a break. I hope we get you a couple downloads, fan. Furious Ball. It's good shit. Okay? We'll be back. Uh, we 
are back. Let's do some awards and categories for Coheed mm. and Cambria's. I took this seriously. I believe he's got pages of notes. It's awesome. Pages. Coheed and Cambria's Good Apollo. I'm Burning Star, not Morning Star. For Volume One from Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. Let's go to David Crosby Meh Award for Bad Reviews. Brian Forrester gave this zero stars. I will say most of the one stars were because edited version was being sent instead of the non-edited. Uh, Thanks for sending me the Christian version, assholes. Like stuff like that. That was really funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that would work. But this is Brian Forrester yeah. who uh, gave it zero stars. I really hate to be that guy who writes a five sentence review of a band, movie, video game, what have you. Unfortunately, I can't even muster up enough passion to diss Coheed and Cambria to the level they deserve. It's pretty bad when you find music to be so wretch-inducing that you don't even care enough to properly convey in words just how bad it really is. That's how devoid of feeling Coheed and Cambria have left me. Their music is so bad that I can't even summon the requisite passion to properly insult them. One person found this helpful. (laughs) Dude, that's, I don't know where you found that. That's unbelievable. Right? Like, I've no, so, I can't so imagine great. hating so great. that dude hated this fucking album. My guess is when he was younger, someone stole his 10 speed bike and his girlfriend cheated on him. This might be him. This might be Claudio. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he did it himself. He hates this album. He did it himself. <laughs> This album made him so much money, he doesn't hate it. That's very, very true. <laughs> they are extremely close to platinum on this album. They need like 12,000 more buys or something like that till they're at platinum. Get out there, buy it. Yeah, buy this Get fucking it. album, silly people. This should be platinum. I'm going to go buy the vinyl for that. I need to have the vinyl for this. DMX Award. Hey, Tyler, what, um, what makes this band unique? Claudio's brain. I don't understand Very true. how anybody could be as talented as this guy. The comic books are, you know, I'm not, that's not my thing, but you know, he does that. He does the, writes all the songs, writes all the lyrics, writes all the stories. He co-writes with his wife now. They tour constantly. I've seen this band 50 times live, probably, like more, maybe more. They're always on tour. I have no idea how he has time for this. And he has a side project that's a solo project that has two, he has two albums on. My, my DMX award is in the same vein. It's just fucking unbridled creativity. Like it's they, unbelievable. that's well put. I, I feel a little guilty. I haven't dove in into this band and everything around their music more prior to this. Cause it's so me. Did you know before we were given this album by Tyler that this was even a thing? Oh yeah, I did. I had no I, idea. I just hadn't, I had no idea the depth. I had <laughs> no idea. It was a story within a story. Yeah. I didn't know how fucking out there it was. It's crazy. Like super creative. It's totally up my alley. Yeah. No, uh, Tyler, you, you've opened up Hell's Gate for us, uh, but fuck, man. <laughs> oh, I was going to pick that Lorna Shore record, though. So. <laughs> Sorry, dudes. I So we already talked about it, but my DMX award, you go to these guys' show, and I bet there is all types of fucking people at these things, and that is very unique. Mm-hmm. You can have yeah, metal awesome. heads getting along with progressive heads getting along with all grunge boys and girls and guys are all fucking headbanging to this like i could see everybody liking this shit the mark lanigan true rock star award 
mine is a little more aligned with what you two said. Fucking weird and extremely obsessive. That is very rock star. In order to be a true rock star, you have to be those things. Very similar. I wrote capital D-G-A-F. Don't give a (laughs) fuck. They are going to just write the weirdest, nerdiest fucking rock opera shit that they want to and stick the fucking landing tens across the board. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, they just, we're doing this and we're going to do it really fucking well and fuck everyone else. Oh, by the way, there's a whole like comic book series too. Thanks for giving Mark Lanigan some shout too, by the way, a guy that never gets the credit he deserves. Most, might be Um, the most under, like top five most underrated fucking rock stars in history, man. Yeah. (sighs) Mark Lanigan rules. Everything that, um, everything he touched was gold. Everything golden. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, it's fine. For me, it's it's the live shows. They're like the last rock stars. Claudio's playing guitar behind his head. They're doing dueling guitar solos. There's all kinds of theatrics and and big sets and stuff like that. And they just they're just we're just gonna do it. Maybe other bands aren't doing it anymore. We're doing it. I'm gonna keep it right to you. Overrated, underrated, properly rated in its time and currently. I don't care to be honest (laughs) with you. Uh, it'll it'll always be underrated by everybody to me. So that might be the best answer we've ever had on verse chorus verse. One hundred percent. I just I love it because it is kind of under the radar, and it's kind of one of those things where it's like you don't have to share it with everybody. So I think it, in its time it was properly rated because I remember this being a big deal. I'll ask you: Did this coincide with the whole rock band thing? Was it the same time, or was this like a year before rock band had come out? Man, I'm not a video game guy at all. But I know it was on there. I don't know when. It was after, because it was in that movie Nine. This was the <sighs> theme of that movie Nine. And then I remember there was a YouTube video of them doing a Guitar Center session. They're playing this song. People went nuts for it. I'm with you. I think that they were a little underrated at the time. And I think this album has aged well. And hindsight, it is getting probably the kudos that it deserves. It, it didn't get good reviews when it first came out. But it's, it's, herald- the greatest. But it's heralded as an incredible album yes. now. So all yes. those bullshit reviewers that go back and re-review, they're loving right. it now. Which is fucking garbage. They got to lay in their bed that they pissed in, you know? <laughs> okay. Influences and influencees. This is a big one. Tyler, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't know how, if any of this you're going to argue or you're going to say this is where you're wrong. I there's a bit of me that's hoping so. I'm going to go through a few things here because there is a huge comp here that I hear all over this fucking album that I didn't see any influences on. And I think it's because they're considered a very simple band. But if I called this band, or at least on this album, Alien Ant Farm 2.0, what would you say to that? I mean, I like Alien Ant Farm. I hear so much Alien Ant Farm on this. Ty Zamora is incredible. Yeah. A very underrated musician. They're an underrated band who got famous for the wrong song. So I wouldn't be mad if you said that because those albums, their albums were unbelievable. Like Crossing but, the know, Frame, that's so alien ant farm. I, I wouldn't be mad at it, but I'd just be like, okay, <laughs> this is better than that. <laughs> okay. Well, 2.0. Yeah, I'm saying like a On more steroids. complex. Exactly. But because I did see this comp at a lot of places. And I'm a big fan of this band. If somebody were to call this Mars Volta Light, what would you say? So, Or I guess maybe I should say At the Drive-In Light because At the Drive-In was actually before. Let's go with Mars Volta. Okay. Because this fits better into my story. I like it. (laughs) The other album that I seriously considered putting you through was Francis the Mute. Oh, dude. Because... (laughs) 
You're speaking because my language it's the, there. It's the most complicated of all the Mars Volta. It might not be their best album, but it's the most complicated. And so at that time, I was very, very into that. And this is like some, I can't listen to Volta all the time, but I can listen to this all the time. We would have broke so out cool. on Francis the Mute, just saying. Yep. I'm a huge Volta guy, but. Really? I just went and saw Sparta a lot. They just played. It was crazy. It was like 40 people there. It was so sad. What did you think of their album last year? It was all right. I didn't like it at all. I mean, it's very pop punky. I feel like there's something I'm missing, but yeah, like, it, I don't know, man. So my other ones are Influences, Influences. I've got My Chemical Romance, who would be an influence influencee because they came out after Coheed. I have obviously The Police, Rush, we talked about them, and then Zeppelin. That's really all. Tyler, do you have any other influences or influencees? Uh, most of those that you said, the two that I know for a fact um, are had been big influences are uh, Iron Maiden. They went on tour with them and uh, Kansas. Oh, man. Mind blown. I'm going to throw a softball pitch. Tyler, do you like the bass player for Kansas? No, Dave Hope. <laughs> Dave Hope is the man. D- Dave Hope is the guy who got me to start playing bass again after three years of not playing. Really? I wished him happy birthday like on Facebook or whatever. He knew a guy that was on the post. That So yeah, um, Dave reached out to me and said, hey, even if you're not playing in a big band and you're not touring or whatever, it's fun. You should keep doing it. And I did. Dave Hope's the man. I saw them a couple times when they were, you know, it's, it's Kansas. Like they were, I don't want to say they were too old to be touring, but you know, it's one of those like sticks types band type. They're going to be here in like, September. Oh my God. <laughs> It's but like two original members. If that's what I was going to say. Yeah, okay. we just talked about Robbie Steinhardt like two years ago when he passed. Who's God, I've, don't get me started on Kansas here, Tyler. Come on, man. All truth be told, that, that is another album that I considered bringing on was Left Overture. I told you, big prog nerd. Evil, do you got some influences? Some influences. Zep, Floyd, Police, King Crimson. Oh, good. We talked a little bit about the four, the movement, the willing well. The willing well, too. I hear some Queen in there. I hear some Thin Lizzy in there. Oh, fuck I hear, yeah. I hear so much classic rock in there. Like, I fucking love it. Love, love, love it. Thin Lizzy is a... Uh, that's a good fucking pull. Deep Purple. Deep... Fuck Deep Purple. I'm going to throw out one influency, and this is like top to bottom musicality story all that stuff death clock i think brendan small is had to have been or has to be a huge coheed fan i don't know death clock what car- from metalocalypse the cartoon metalocalypse, oh the cartoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't all know all the things evil <laughs> like fuck. no i do i do okay okay um oh. We almost had an emergency. (laughs) Never mind the Bullocks Award. This is going to be an interesting one. I'll start. I want to do Tyler last. Evil. Have you listened to any of their other albums? Do do you think this would be your favorite? Or I mean, they have a lot of fucking albums. They have a lot of albums. Of the albums that I know, I know their one, their second album, the one right before this, and I listened to their most recent album. I think this is their best album, but not by like a large margin. I haven't listened to all their albums. It's definitely not a Nevermind the Bullocks Award. And in no. fact, I think if I really got into them, which I think I'm going to do, I will like earlier Coheed more than this. Tyler, what about you? Would well, you want me to just give you the list? Uh, yes. Yes. There we go. Yeah. There's 10, ten albums. 
All right, hit us with it. You want me to go from number 10 or from number the, one? The worst one. Which one should we not right. even fucking give a shot? So I actually, this is the only Coheed album that I really don't listen to. Number 10 is Year of the Black Rainbow from 2010. And that's the one where Josh was not in the band. Okay. Uh, the Color Before the Sun. And it's not that I don't like that album. It's very mellow. It's very poppy. It's not in any of the stories. They recorded it live. So they recorded it all together in a room. And so the mix is just hard for me. There's one song on there that it's called From Here to Mars that's in, you know, would be one of my top, my favorite Coheed songs. Eight is 2007's No World for Tomorrow. Again, I like that album. The drums don't get me like Josh's drumming does. Tyler hates Taylor Hawkins. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy. He was. Uh, seven would be Afterman, The Ascension. So the front side that was in 2012, that's the return. Six is Second Stage Turbine Blade, which is their first album, which... I want to rate it higher. Again, it's a mix thing. They didn't have as much money. <laughs> Five is Unheavenly Creatures. Uh, some of the best songs they've ever written are on that album. Afterman Dissension, so the backside. Um, it's just front to back. It's so good. My top three are In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. So that's 2003. That's their second album. It's just, it's epic and it lives in a place, you know, in my mind. Number two, which... I haven't lived with it long, long enough is Vaxxas 2, Window in the Wicked Mind. That's their new, new album. Last year's. It's preposterously good, but there are three songs on it that I could give or take on. And so that's why Good Apollo and Burning Star 4 is my number one. Coheed. It's probably my favorite album ever. So you heard it here first, people. If you're going to get into Coheed, just listen to this album. You could have just said that, Tyler. You asked me to give the list. <laughs> the John the Paul jones award i prefer their new bass player to mike oh. todd zach i think he's got better tone and he plays just beautiful fills and runs and things that that would be the replacement i'd make but i think the guy that you can't replace and i think that's been proven from their catalog is josh eppard the drummer and i will talk about him forever <laughs> may he live forever and his drumming on the new record is unbelievable for this style of album and i think this is gonna get uh disliked by both of you which is okay there's something about this style that I want a little bit more frantic. I want the frenzy of the progressive rock. It is catchy. It is hooky. There are times where it's not, I want to be flustered and it's not. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Do you like Godspeed, you black emperor? Yeah. Like that, like that frenzy. Yes. I said, I want some Omar Lopez production who, who does a lot of like the Mars Volta ish type of stuff. I want fucking 800 things coming at me. Not all the time, but just certain parts of this album. Honestly, I, w I probably wouldn't touch anything. Evil, what about you? It's hard to try to pick something to replace or add to a band like this because it's yeah. such a the whole package. But g bouncing off the narrative and, and, and some of the themes in there, even though Claudio has like a higher pitched voice, I want like a, like a duet, like a Tarja, like Nightwish or... Like oh. a, like a female perspective, not necessarily female voice, but female perspective, mostly because of the story or, and you're not going to like this, some harsh vocals here and there as a villain character, something for Claudio to bounce off of, to have like call response. That's a good He'll take, do that though. in albums. He'll sing with a octaver and he's like the bad guy. That's a very good take. I, I do. Just some I think death metal. <laughs> yeah. Nah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, no, dude, seriously. Tyler, if you only had one song to give us to encapsulate this album, what song is that? Welcome Home. I mean, that's 
I mean, that's the song. If you like that, you'll like something else on the album. That was my first pick, but I went with The Willing Well 2. Welcome Home is like, it's almost like too nice of a package. You really want to like this band? Here, let's give you the whole fucking package. And I think The Willing Well 2 is got like that kind of like almost whimsical beginning, but then it, it gets super complex towards the end. It's long, it's mm-hmm. challenging, but catchy at the same time. And there's just a lot of ideas in there. As like a snapshot of the band. I I liked it more. So I said Willing Well 1. And the reason I said it is exactly that. It's a little bit of a test. Can you handle this album? Yes. Yeah. Well, here is... Maybe I should change my tactics. (laughs) Keep more people away from it. (laughs) We're getting to the fun ones now. John Popper Award. This is a tough one. What's the best hook on this album? Oh, I love the... uh, Nobody runs as fast as you. Oh, that's good. That's really um, good. That's from Willing Well too. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like I was saying. I like songs that build to some big payoff, and I feel like that's a great big payoff. Evil. What about you? I don't <laughs> want to give too much away. For now, I'm going to say the chorus to Apollo One, the writing writer. It like burrowed its way into my brain. The like the whoa oh whoa oh sort of oh yeah uh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah you know yeah. what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah then tonight good night I'm burning star for it I have more to say about some of these categories towards the end but for now I'm gonna say that mine is a mother may I as we said the policeish sort of song but that fucking this is Wait, another one of those though? lines that what? you should not be singing are you talking around. about I leave the light on to turn your mother leave the light leave off the light to turn off your mother, to turn mother on, your mother on? <laughs> I almost picked that one that's another one of those lines you've got, you start you got singing kids. at work and you're like fuck sorry sorry <laughs> it's a great line. sorry everybody it's so good John Prime Best Lyric Award. I will uh, start with that one. There's the easy one for me, which was which I loved. If you really loved me, you would have endured my world, which is from Welcome Home. This is just yeah. fantastic. Atop this tower of loss and lust is a fantastic line. My favorite, the one that I kept going back to is, I'll gravitate towards you. I will, in the now, hate you. <laughs> that's so fucking good he's he's got a lot of good lines with that one spectacular uh evil what about you from wake up in a phrase to cut these lips i loved you yeah i dude, love it's, how that's it's fucking this, great dude it's <laughs> gonna get even weirder it's gonna get even weirder <laughs> i love how it's this beautiful everything about that song is beautiful everything yes. Except for the one line where he's like, I would kill anyone for you. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> that's, I love wait, it. wait, what? You have kids. I do. Right? I'll do anything for you. I'll kill anyone for you. I mean, yeah, you know, I just have never space, said that to, space, to them yet. <laughs> yet. If you lived in the silo. Uh, Tyler, uh, what, <laughs> my, what about you? So the two big heavy metal guys sitting in the same room together both picked their favorite lyrics from the softest, sappiest song <laughs> on the album. I'm going to read it. The morning will come in the press of every kiss. With your head upon my chest, where I will annoy you with every waking breath until you decide to wake up. So it's so good. <laughs> no, it really is. It's there are a lot of good lines on this. It was so um, hard. It was so hard to choose something. The Eddie Van Halen Award has to start with evil. It's the rules. Evil. <sighs> the fucking outro solo on the Willing Well Four. The the Pink Floyd. Like it just keeps going and gets better. 
and better dude that is some tasty tasty guitar playing right there i feel like tyler agrees with you <laughs> you have such good taste bro it's unbelievable so uh tyler is that yours too no <laughs> what is yours but i love it it was a big debate coming out of the talk box claudio's first solo in the final cut mm, the first he's playing okay. he's, he's playing up on the he's playing up on the neck pickup yeah. and it's kind of clean and he's playing oh man it just when they do that live i lose my mind <laughs> <laughs> the willing well one the solo it's so alex life's it's so rush it's not a crazy solo it's fairly simple it's very rush in that it's simple enough to where the background matters what the band is doing in the background is accentuated and amazing and it's written for purpose not flair it's fucking spectacular. It's such a good take on what makes a band like this good. Can I ask one question about like riffs and solos? You guys both know a lot about music. Did you guys listen to carefully to the solo and 10 speed of God's blood and burial? I did. I'm it's not going to be able to reference it though. It's a very different. Well, if anybody is interested in that, it's very Billy Corgan esque, which is Ooh. another complete pull out of another off another planet. So it's a very interesting. Surfer Rosa Award, I'm starting because I said, and it, uh, no offense intended, but this is a clusterfuck. And it's not in a bad way. Like, I, I like that about it, but it's a clusterfuck. <laughs> Evil, what, what about you? Well, it's a... <sighs> It's a split concept narratively. There's like a program delineation in the music. After talking through it, it feels like there's multiple delineations now. And so I don't fuck. It is kind of a clusterfuck, <laughs> to be honest. It works as a whole, but it also works in parts. Mm-hmm. There's good shit all over it. And yet still kind of a clusterfuck. I, I'm going to be sorting through this album for a while. <laughs> Tyler, I did like your take earlier on on kind of the structure, but what what do you think about the Surfer Rosa Award? So my understanding of this is a reference to the B side of the album not being great, right? The Surfer Rosa. Oh no no no! This is more like what is the structure of the album? To me, Surfer Rosa is a perfect structure because you have kind of the pop heavy stuff up front, and then yeah. the this is the real us in that, the back. See, because I thought you didn't like the B side of Surfer Rosa. I was be like, I don't know what's wrong with this. Oh guy. no, I fucking <laughs> I worship. Podcast? What are you no, talking about? I worship the B side, but it's a fake out because the A side of Surfer Rosa is like, hey, look, we're the Pixies, and then the B side is like, yeah, we're the fucking Pixies. Okay, so I had a, I misunderstood, but I would just say that the B side's better than the A side. It's yeah. sorry for everybody who loves the A side. The B side, the B side rules. It's the best thing they've ever done. <laughs> wow, it's the best thing ever. All right. Now I got to ask you the tough question, Tyler. What is your least favorite song on this album? I mean, I think that I could pretend that I agonized over this, but if I had to cut one song off this record, it'd be Crossing the Frame. And it's not because I don't think it's a good song. It's the weakest one on the album for me. So I'm going to go next because my Time of Your Life award is Crossing the Frame. I there I think it's a little nonsensical. If I had to pick one that was a little boring, it'd be that one. Yeah. There's something about it that just doesn't huh. hit to me. Samesies. What about you, Evil? I don't have the same perspective on their music as fans of the entire catalog. So for me, there's two intros. And I can ah. cut the first one out and there's still an intro for me that works. I, kind of cheating but that's I mean, okay it is cheating but i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> cheat i'm playing dirty right now <laughs> because 
one of the biggest fans of this album sitting right next to me. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's in so, punch with from you. So. Right. Yeah. So I'm a I'm, scary man. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we get to the funnest of the fun ones and I will start three best songs on the album. Number three, and I really, really struggled with this because I wanted to say uh, Willing Well 3, just because it, every theme, everything that this album is going to throw at you is kind of summed up in that one. But uh, my number three is actually Mother May I. Jimmy texted me and said that you would pick that one. I love that. I love that song. It's not as good to me as number two, which to me has by far the actual best hook which is once upon your dead body. Hmm. I forgot what he says. I hope you die right now. Will you drink my chemicals? I think is what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I hope you die right now. Will you drink my That's mm-hmm. so. That's another one that I was singing all the fucking time this week. <laughs> but my number one, and I'm sorry, and I know it's fucking easy, but it's one of the best rock songs I've fucking heard, and it's Welcome Home. It's so mm. fucking good, you guys. It's such a good fucking song and i know it's the easy choice and i'm sorry for that tyler but it's fucking amazing it's so good i think that's a perfectly acceptable choice good i've heard it one bajillion times and i still love it it's such a perfect rock song evil what are your three faves number three and i've already mentioned it is the willing well two from fear through the eyes of madness there's so much going on. It starts one way. There's some fucking killer guitar in it. It crescendos. It ebbs. It flows. I fucking. It gets way better towards the end. Like it keeps getting better and better yes, and better and better. Yes. Yeah. Number two on paper should be my favorite song. And it's Welcome Home. Wow. And for all the reasons that you said, it is fucking metal rock. It's a little poppy. It's, it is the great fucking lead single off of this album mm-hmm. but, but the best song and one of my fucking favorite songs of all time is the suffering yeah oh, and let me go back to some of the other categories because it should have the evh award it should have the john popper award and it's probably the no dude seriously award for me too that song is so fucking good just uh, fucking listen to it it's it is amazing that's an amazing fucking song that was the song that the most made me think of these guys were influences for my chemical romance i hear a lot of that style that style in this yeah is the hook you're talking about the will you marry me and are you well in the suffering yeah i almost picked that for best hook too all right tyler the connoisseur what are the three best songs on this album i mean this is one of the hardest things that (laughs) i couldn't pick i did made the list like today Cause I just, I couldn't pick, I'd listen to one. I'd be like, this has to be on the list. And then I'd make the list and the list would be every song on the album. Number three is the final cut. I'm a sucker for big six, eight metal ballads like that with crazy guitar solos. And And I hear you like Pink Floyd. I do love Pink Floyd. Ah. Get me into that. Yeah. (laughs) And then the number two is the lying lies and dirty secrets of Miss Erica court. Wow. And, uh, we haven't talked about that one at all mm -mm. that song is it's just like a it's it's very much what i love about music it's what i love about this band it just like it makes me tick like i hear it and i and i I anticipate the parts coming up and then when they do i'm like yeah and then number one basically the title track off the album which is the willing well two from fear through the eyes of madness that's a great track and yes it's 
starts with this kind of rushy vibe and then it, yep. it, the song, are you a good Genesis fan? Yeah. Do you know the song Supper's Ready? Like yes. Peter yes, Gabriel yes, yes, Genesis. Yes. Yeah. yes. It's like when they have that turnaround and he's like a flower and then it's like, and it goes into that crazy, like, that's an influence, right? Oh, Genesis, early Genesis. It grabs me like that old, like Peter Gabriel Genesis where it's like, and then it pays it off with the, no one runs faster than you. Yeah. Just rides that out. I mean, that might be my favorite Coheed song of all time. That's spectacular. Tyler, right back to you. Who won the album? I think just Claudio. I feel like if this album didn't go well, we wouldn't still have what we have from Coheed because Mm -hmm. their next two albums weren't as great, but this one kind of caught fire late. For me, Josh Eppard, this is when I realized how important he was to that band. Uh, That's uh, So I said Claudio. It has to be. It's all him. The amount of art and thought and passion he put into all this shit is insane. You can't give it to anybody else but him uh, unless... Evil gave it to somebody else but him. I know who I he's going to give it to. Well, I initially had just like nerds exclamation point because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Tyler won the album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I, that was a, a late in the game substitution that I made because of the discussion. I cheated a little bit there. Uh, you're absolutely right though. I'm so happy that he has this album and that we got to listen to it and we now have it as well. Fuck Yeah. Last thing to do, and uh, Tyler's going to cap it off. I ha- I just have a feeling I know what he's going to say, but we could be wrong. I'm going to start with myself because I'm actually really, really intrigued to hear what Evil gave this. But we got to rate the album. And I gave this an 8 out of 10 fucking nerds. I think it's probably more of like a 9. And I'm going to tell you when we first, when I first started studying for this, not kidding, I think this is more like a six for me. But as the last like three weeks have gone, I feel like every week this shit grows on me and grows on me and grows on me. It's not perfect, but there's so much to this album that I know I don't understand yet. Evil, what about you? I am going to give it nine out of 10 tri-mages, which is a yeah. nod to the storyline. <laughs> And if there's any of the the comic book nerds listening, uh, (laughs) that's a nod to Wilhelm Ryan, the the villain of the story. Uh, And I'm going to give it, you know, when you're a kid and your mom used to buy you shoes with a little bit of room to grow. I'm doing that because I feel like there might be a little bit of wiggle room as I listen to this more. Uh, It could potentially fill that out a little bit. So um, that's where I am with it. We got to give the last word to Tyler. I mean, I can't be objective about it at all. It's impossible. You shouldn't be. But so I keep a list. This is for you, DL. I keep a list of 10 out of 10 records. Okay. There's not a ton on there and I'm pretty objective about things. But I mean, this one is definitely on the list. It's just... Oh, it like oh, is over the list for me for whatever reason, you know, <laughs> there's no, I mean, there's 11. no other album for me. That, I mean, I love a lot of stuff. I'll say it like this. I love a lot of music. I love a lot of bands. I don't care about any other band. Like I care about this mm-hmm. band. Mm-hmm. Like Claudio could yep. keep making music forever and you know, hopefully he lives forever and I get to listen to it forever and I'll listen to everything they ever put out forever. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what this is all about. That's what these episodes are all about. I love doing these. We don't do them enough. This style of episode is exactly what I want because... I was just hoping Rachel would come on here and tell me it's the worst fucking album (laughs) she's ever heard in her life. (laughs) 
I, I mean, she's a little bit of a of a of a metalhead now, so I'm not sure. She might have liked it. Nah, she, I, I don't know. Uh, I can't. I I never know with her. The thing is, is that I just don't know anything about the lyrics, and you know, like you, I, I just you know, she's the lyric. She's like breaking down lyrics, and I'm like, oh boy, I don't know. These are pretty rough. <laughs> well, there's a lot of <laughs> whores and bitches on in, in these lyrics. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I, it's I, to think about. I just I never even think about it. And then I was reading. It, it's like whoa. I had so much fun studying for this, and I'm gonna. Get, I'm not done with this album. Tyler, thank you so much for bringing this. It's been a blast talking to you. Thank you so much, Tyler. I, you know, I'd say I know I knew Jimmy was would be into it. I didn't know how into it you'd be, to be honest with you. Like, oh, because I sort of I sort of just know you through the through your voice on the from listening to you on the podcast. But like, I knew that you could be into it. Like, you know, but like, I feel like if I brought you a brand new record, you'd you'd focus on what the guy got in trouble for more, <laughs> and be like, I don't know if I can like this guy or whatever. No, so it's kind of true. I, and I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying like you, you hit it right on the front front end of it. It's like very misogynistic and wild as fuck. I can't believe I let my daughter listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's, it's spoken through a character's eyes and we've kind of been going through this this year. I'm done with that shit. I'm done. I don't care anymore. It's a, like, say whatever the fuck you say. It's all about the music. And when I start to get into an album and I realize that it's going to fucking drown me, that's the best feeling. Everybody join us next week. We've got a quick fire with Evo and Rachel. Ten new albums. You know how those go. Sometimes really bad. Versecoursefirst.com, at versecoursefirstpod. Everybody go check out uh, Tyler's. What was it again? It was powder and... Powdered and compressed. At I don't know. Is that dot com? I'm so and stupid. Compre- at powder and compressed <laughs> dot com. Don't go to dot com, everybody. No. Like literally, my wife runs it. She bit, nags me to give her pictures. I never send her pictures. I'm. I, it's just not. It's not Stop selling favorite. yourself, Tyler. Evil. You're lucky That's guy so to bad. have this one as a neighbor. Yeah. Uh, uh, thanks for making this happen, you guys. Good hey, luck editing the audio. <laughs> it might be good. good. It might be. We could always do it again. Yeah. <laughs> good, good night and good luck. 